0: Welcome to How You Spent Your Days. The goal of this show is to explore debt, break down the stigma around talking about money, and share my own journey of becoming debt-free. My name is Colin Loretz, and this week I wanna talk about valuing your life energy. Uh, this is a topic that comes up a lot in Vicki Robbins' book, Your Money or Your Life. Uh, this is a book that we've been talking about uh, quite a few episodes um, in this show, and I really resonate with it because you know this podcast is named... After the famous quote, how you spend your days is, is, of course, how you spend your life. And so uh, Vicki and I share a lot in common here where we want to think about how we're spending each day so that we don't wake up a year or two from now wondering what is, you know, what is our purpose? What is our goal? Um do we enjoy how we're deciding and choosing to spend our time? Uh, and then also balancing that with the things that we have to do uh, in order to be able to have the privilege to spend that time in leisure or doing the hobbies and things that we want to do, whether that's travel uh, or you know taking trips and art and music and all these other things that may not necessarily bring us income, but bring us um, joy in other parts of our lives. And so we really need to take inventory of uh, how we're spending, which you know, uh, up until now we've really been focused on minimizing spending. But another way to value your life energy is to maximize income. And so, if we can eliminate all of the waste and be more mindful in what we're spending, then we can start to think about now how can we maximize income um, in both terms of our you know our perceived or uh, at the end of the day what our hourly wage is compared to the amount of time that we actually spend working. Up until now, we've been focused on minimizing spending. And you, if you're new to the show, you can check out episode four where uh, I dig into my expenses and go into kind of where my money was going. Uh, but really thinking about what areas of spending we don't particularly care for, things that don't bring us joy that we can eliminate so that we can minimize that spending. So, you know, we've done that. We've been focusing on that for about 20 episodes. And so the next thing for me now is to really think about and sit with the income side of the equation. Uh, If you want to value your life energy, you need to minimize spending and then focus on maximizing your income. So with this, really we're trying to strive uh, for the goal being working to live, not living to work. And this can be tricky because I completely agree with the idea that you may enjoy working and that's fine, uh, I enjoy the work that I do. I uh, wouldn't be freelancing in you know software development unless I enjoyed it. Um, it obviously also has the potential for high uh, income, which is good. So we need to think though about how do we can maximize that, because as a freelancer, you really are held to billable hours, and with billable hours. you can get into this weird place where you're thinking about time as money. And that's a really dangerous place to get to because even if you enjoy working, you can't work all the time. Uh, You need to prevent burnout, but you also need to think about the other things that you want to do in your life. And if work is the thing you enjoy, it's the thing you want to do, then that's awesome. you know, you can put more of your, your own kind of calibration of balance towards the work side of things. You know, for some people that work-life balance may be 50-50, it may be 25-75, you know, maybe the other way. Um, and that's really up to you. But you should ideally strive, you know, to work in order to maintain whatever lifestyle it is that you have and adjust your lifestyle to match whatever income or work that you want as well. It can go both ways. So, Um, The real reason that I bring that up is that in Vicki's book, she wants you to think about your actual hourly wage as the income that you receive from your work, less all of the time and costs that it uh, incurs in order for you to make that income. That includes time spent uh, getting ready for work, time spent uh, commuting to work, the costs of those things maybe you need a vehicle to get to work um you're spending time in traffic, maybe you need to wear certain clothes if you're a nurse uh you have you know certain garb and attire. you have to have any of the costs that come into uh you being able to do the work that you do you know at the end of the day, your true hourly wage is the uh, amount of income that you make over the amount of time spent doing all of those things, less any expenses uh, to do those things. And so when we look at that, we can start to have this idea of what Vicki calls her life energy calculator. And I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes. So you can actually punch in your own numbers and find out what your true, um, hourly rate wages, even if you're a salaried employee or a freelancer, being able to come up with this number, um, can really change how you approach decisions on how and where you spend, not only your money, but where you spend your time. So with this life energy calculator, um, you know, again, we take that hour hourly wage, um, you know, taking that income, removing all the costs from it, uh, and as well as taking some of the time that might be spent and coming up with what that truly looks like. So when you reframe your decisions uh, based on that, let's just say that your real hourly wage is $20. So she goes to some extremes here with small purchases like buying a cup of coffee for $3. But, you know, a cup of coffee, if your real hourly wage is $20 an hour and a cup of coffee is $3, that means that it ends up being about nine minutes of life energy for that cup of coffee now at smaller dollar amounts this seems very trivial and hard to put into perspective Um, but say you buy that cup of coffee multiple times a day every day then the number starts to add up and you can start to see like how much of your life you're trading working to make the money that you're then spending on coffee Uh, now again you know if coffee is something you love and you enjoy it and it's something you want in your life then you should absolutely do that. Um, but once we start getting into other expenses, other decisions in your life, things like buying a new car, purchasing a house, uh, taking trips, some of those things, you know, each of them has a cost to it. You can think about what does that cost and how much time am I gonna have to spend working to make that amount of money. Now that's also gonna be the amount of money that you're making beyond meeting your basic needs and other you know, fixed expenses, bills, those kinds of things. So when we look at a larger expense, we might say, let's look at a new car. A new car might cost $25,000. And if that equates to, again, at the $20 hourly wage, uh, about seven and a half months of life energy. Now, do you wanna spend seven and a half months of your life working to be able to pay for that car? You, If you're taking out a car loan, you're going to be paying for that car probably much longer than that. Um, But, you know, buying that car may unlock some of the things that you want to do with your life. Being able to travel, take trips, go to the mountains, um, it may unlock more uh, income potential for you being able to commute to a different job, to be able to move to another city, whatever that might be, you know, so it may make sense for you. And this is not something where we want to say, you know, this is going to take too much of your life energy to pay for, so you shouldn't do it. It's really an individual, account counting of figuring out, is this worth it for me? Uh, You know, someone else isn't going to be able to make that decision for you. Because again, you know, having a reliable vehicle that can unlock those new opportunities for you is absolutely worth it if you value travel and the ability to get from place to place. Now, when we go up Market again. We'll look at purchasing a house, a three hundred thousand dollar house with a twenty dollar hourly wage would equate to about seven and a half years of life energy spent working. Uh, and again, you know, having a home unlocks a lot of opportunities uh, as well as other costs that are hidden. So you need to make that decision for yourself because you know, is this your first family home? Is this a home that um, you're going to be using as an investment property? There's lots of different things that you have to take into account there. So again, like I said, this can be tricky because I don't want you to go into this habit of thinking about leisure or downtime as a cost center. You shouldn't be thinking about every time you're enjoying yourself as a missed opportunity to make money, but rather the other way around. When you do decide to spend money or make a big purchase, think about it in terms of how much of your life energy that you're giving up to make that purchase. And is it worth it? Is it, you know, purchasing uh, fancy electronics or Um, whatever it is that your vice is, whatever that thing is that you enjoy buying, um, is it something that you enjoy? Is it worth the energy that you're putting into it? Then, you know, double down on that, do those things and cut out the things that you aren't enjoying. Now, when we start to look at this equation, we need to think about what I really wanted to focus on today, which is maximizing that income. So how can we take that real hourly wage and make it more than $20? Um, if your job has a bunch of costs affi- associated with it around commuting, uh, both cost and time, you know, thinking again of the amount of time that is lost in just pure transit, that's not leisure time. That's not exciting time for you. Uh, maybe you get some podcasts in, maybe you read a book. Uh, But most of us are going to be spending that time driving. And if you have more than a 30-minute commute, that's quite a bit of time each and every day uh, that you're going to be spending doing that. So is there a way that you can have a remote job or have a job that's closer to you, um, which increases the uh, true hourly wage for you because you're reducing the amount of time spent on that? Or can you figure out other ways to uh, reduce the costs of that work that you have. Uh, in most cases, the easier solution is going to be to increase the actual income. So either your hourly rate or your salary. Uh, and we'll look at potentially uh, talking about this in the future, but uh, there are a lot of tactics for freelancers to move from hourly, uh, you know, fixed bed projects to uh, either a weekly rate or a retainer um, all those sorts of things that kind of change how you do income as a freelancer. Um, or if you have a salary, we'll we'll get into some tactics and ideas around how you might be able to increase your salary so that you can uh, increase your income potential that way. Almost always increasing that top number is going to be um, easier just because once you get into trying to minimize all these um, costs around your work, you're going to hit a point at which you're trying to, you know, uh, squeeze out, you know, blood from a rock, and it's just really not going to get any uh, any smaller in terms of cost. And so, um, other ways that you can increase your income, if you feel like you have hit some sort of ceiling, either, uh, you know, on the ladder that you have at work, or in terms of your skill sets with whatever your main income is, there are other ways to make money on the side. Um, I think one of the more lucrative ones is anything that doesn't require more of your time. So something like creating digital products or, uh, you know, online courses, things like that, where they require an upfront expenditure of time to create, but then once they are put out into the world and marketed on, you know, platforms like Skillshare, um, you have potential to make passive income that allows you to increase your hourly uh, wage for a few reasons one you're making passive income but two you're also making money while you're not spending any extra time so as long as the you know the math checks out for the amount of time that you put up front, you eventually will hit a point where you're making residual income uh, while you're sleeping. And that idea of passive income really starts to kick in and give you more true life energy because you are having a higher real hourly wage with less time being spent. Um, When I think about freelancing, this is kind of the journey that most freelancers go on. Um, They start off trading time for money, getting paid an hourly rate, And they eventually move towards um, at least being able to have a good sense of how much money they can expect by moving to retainers. And usually with retainers, you still are trading time for money. Um, But then the next inevitable goal is for freelancers to develop some kind of product. And that product is like I just mentioned, you know, an informational product, an educational product that's, that's online, video Courses, whatever that might be, a book, um, to create that passive income, Uh, and then almost always, you know, the the next logical step would be to get out of time for money freelancing altogether and move towards more of a product or startup type product that someone can pay for, you know, one time or monthly, so that you end up having one of the hardest things to do is to separate your time from your income. But if you can do it, being able to have a product that, you know, you can put in one unit of effort and get out 10 units of, Uh, income, that's much better than trading one for one, you know, an hourly rate every hour and having to put in that time every day. Um, You know, I'm in a position right now where I still am in that billable hours position of really, really focused on how many billable hours can I get out of a day. And there's a point at which you can't uh, get any more productive time out because, uh, you have emails and transactional things that happen in between the projects you're working on that are not always billable. And it's kind of the cost of doing the business that you have to account for. Um, you're not going to be a hundred percent effective. You're not going to be a hundred percent. You, uh, you're not going to have a hundred percent utilization rate of your time and that's okay because again you need to be able to have some downtime you need to be able to schedule out projects uh, and so if you're a freelancer I know you can uh, sympathize with that um, and uh, you know if you do have any tips or tricks around what's worked for you to make it so that you can freelance more effectively uh, I'd love to hear those um, you can reach out to us in the show notes um, it's how you spend at gmail.com Um but with that I think finding balance is key. You know, you need to be able to figure out what are ways that you can increase your your uh income, but the other way is to figure out how to reduce the amount of time you work as well. If you can cover the amount of money you need to cover your expenses but work less, you've effectively increased your income because your hourly wage is going up with the reduction of hours. So looking at the gig economy here, There's a lot of flexibility offered in being a Lyft driver or creating, you know, your own DIY products or projects and selling them on Etsy because you, in some ways, you're having to put time in to, you know, create something, Um, but you get to choose when You do that. You get to choose where you do that. And in the case of making like DIY products for like Etsy and things like that, you get to choose what you want to work on. And so something like Etsy allows you to take something that you love and turn it into a business. And now you get paid doing and producing and creating the things that you like doing. So that offers you so much more flexibility than going and getting a job that you don't enjoy to then make money to cover your basic expenses and then hope that you have the time to sneak in that, you know, a little bit of crafts or, you know, making wherever you can. These gig economy jobs, as long as you do it right, I'll offer you the flexibility of being able to choose when and where you work. Um, So it offers you flexibility in that way. Um, You still should think about it as, um, you know, you spending your time for income and being able to track how long have I been um, spending versus how much money am I making and then being able to figure out how best to optimize that. Um, overall, I think this concept of thinking about your life energy as this finite resource that, uh, is not renewable. It's not something you're going to get back. You know, we're going to look back on, uh, the last day, week, month, year, and really take stock of how we spent our time. Think about how we would like to be spending the next, a um, few days of our lives, the next few weeks, uh, and really heading towards a place where you know, if your goal is to disconnect time for money, awesome. How do you get there? Uh, to increase your income by getting a raise, how do you get there? To minimize the costs of uh, of you doing your work, maybe that's moving to a, a place that has a cheaper cost of living or less commute time. Uh, how do you get there? Figuring out what is important to you, what you value, and then being able to figure out how you can spend the most of your life energy on that thing. So I'm going to go ahead and leave you with uh, some homework, which is to really sit with yourself and think about how you value your life energy. Uh, Think about ways that you can minimize your spending, but also maximize your income so that you have more of this, you know, finite life energy, more time for the things that you enjoyed doing, and uh, again, there's no blame or uh, in in any of this. If you enjoy working and want to spend more of your time doing that work, that maybe it provides a service to others, or is something that you just genuinely delight in making, um, you know, whatever it is that you do for work, then do more of that but really being able to think about how can I disconnect my time from my money so that I can do the things that I enjoy doing uh, and have more life energy available so that you can spend time uh, traveling, spending time with others, uh, and just generally uh, having a good life. So uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up with, uh, again, how you spend your days is, of course, how you spend your life. And uh, if you have any comments, questions, um, or uh personal finance stories that you'd like to share with the how you spend audience i'd love to hear from them uh i'd also love if you could give us a review or a rating in itunes or google podcasts uh, it helps other people find the show and you can reach out to us uh at, at how you spend at gmail.com and at how you spend uh on instagram and twitter and we will catch you next week Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions.